Hear now the good news of Christ from the book of John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the place, you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, The one who believes in me will also do the great works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you do if in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Where's home for you? I get that question a lot. Depending on how you count it, I've moved seven or eight times in the last seven and a half years. My father would say it's because I can't keep a job. (laughs) And probably have a couple more moves before the end of the year. So it's difficult for me to answer. A couple of months ago, we sold our house in Hendersonville, North Carolina. We live in an apartment at Tyson's Corner and we're building a townhome in Clemson, South Carolina, where, by the way, I've never spent more than a couple hours in my life. So where's home? Ulysses, Kansas was home when I was growing up. I remember coming home from college, and usually it was late at night because it was five, six-hour drive. And it was obvious when I got home there had been a great deal of preparation. The house was clean. My room was just as I left it kind of as a shrine to the son who left and went to college. On the the counter was a warm, warm chocolate meringue pie. Because my mother knew that that was my favorite. That's what I asked for on my birthday. She had stayed up far too late getting ready. But, you know, you do that kind of thing for people that you love, don't you? 
you go, kind of go that extra mile. You, you try to make them feel welcome, cared for, protected, provided for. Well, in the text for this morning, Jesus assures his disciples that he's making preparations for them because of his great love for them. And it all revolves around a place of belonging or home. The truth is right now, we're not all the way home, are we? We're in but not of the world. God's people confess in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, that they are strangers, foreigners, exiles, exiles, pilgrims, sojourners, even aliens. Yes, they obtained their green card and work. But at the end of the day, home is yet to be. But we do read that we are to seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. When I would go home from college, and I got to Woodward, Oklahoma, I was exactly halfway home. Now, there were a lot of good things in Woodward, Oklahoma, places that I could get gas, places that I, good places to eat, even a motel where I stayed one time when I got snowed in a snowstorm. My friend Steve Tapp's parents lived there. His dad was director of missions for the local association. But it wasn't home. It was on the way, but it wasn't home. The disciples, there's an uneasiness about them. The one they followed is now speaking of leaving them, and they're afraid that they will be left all alone. There's anxiety. But Jesus says, never fear. Never fear. There is a home. In fact, there are many dwelling places, many abiding places. There is room for anyone and everyone. Remember Jesus' words in Matthew's gospel close to the end of his ministry before his crucifixion. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. Now how often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing. What a great maternal image. Great maternal image. Like a mother hen gathering her little ones under her wings to protect, to provide, to keep safe. And again in Matthew, so it's not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones should be lost. Like a mother hen, Jesus seeks to gather the children of Jerusalem, the little ones of McLean and Fairfax and D.C. and Northern Virginia and D.C. and the United States and around the world, for there is a home, there is a place. He tries to assure first century as well as 21st century disciples that even though he's leaving, the absence is not permanent. He leaves, yet he abides. His departure is not abandoning his disciples. His coming and going are acts of solidarity, expressions of his love for his followers. Just as placing your children in Mother's Day out or 
preschool is not punishment or abandonment, even though there may be great weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for them and for us to grow up, to develop, to become more than they ever would become if they hung on to our coattails all their lives. That's precisely the same reason that some of us swallow our pain and pretend that we're excited about our children leaving us and going off to college or off to a career in another place. Because we know deep down that that it's time, it's time. They need to spread their wings. They need the opportunity to grow outside our shadows. They need to get on with growing up. No, we don't abandon them. It's not that at all, is it? And not only is there a home, Jesus says, but there are many rooms, lots of space. Everyone can fit in. Don't worry, says Jesus. There's rooms, room for all. You have a home with me. Did you hear the, the first Peter text? He's the cornerstone. He's the cornerstone of the home provided for you and me. Several years ago, I served as chair of the board of a publication called Baptist Today. We had many financial struggles, and I, I had a meeting in Atlanta, and so did my friend Steve. And so instead of making Baptist Today pay for my room, I said, Steve, would it be okay if I stayed with you? Sure, sure, you can stay with me. So we happened to fly into Atlanta about the same time, and lo and behold, we didn't even have to take Marta or a cab because there was a friend who had rented a car, and we could ride with him. Well, we're about halfway to the hotel. Steve, do you have our reservation? Well, no, I, I didn't get one. Well, I like to have plans. I like to be prepared for, and my anxiety immediately started going up. So we get to the reception desk. Yes, I'm Dr. Steve Graham. I'm here to get my room. Well, well Dr. Graham, well, you don't have her? Well, sh my, my, my secretary, I'm sure, called. This is a, this is a pastor lying to people, you know? <laughs> And, and I'm kind of slinking over to the side saying, I don't want to have anything to do. I just had visions of sleeping on the sofa in the lobby the rest of the night. And then he brings me into it. He said, well, maybe it's under Dr. Lane Smith. I, what? <laughs> and he kept talking. There were no room. Except we ended up in a really, really nice suite in the hotel at the end of the day. Having a place prepared for me is very important. I have anxiety about that. The church in transition has anxiety as well. Are we going to be okay? Will we find a pastor who's a good fit? What about this? What about that? Absence can create a lot of anxiety, can't it? can create a lot of anxiety. But you know, the same God that was faithful in 1917 when this church started is still going to be that same faithful God in 2017 and in 2117. Jesus says, don't be anxious. 
Peace be with you. Blessing and prayer all in one. Peace be with you. I recall visiting with one of the members of the first church I served in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I was pastor there. She spoke in her growing up years, there was a death in a family and they set the the funeral services on a Saturday in the fall with the University of Arkansas football game in town that very day. There really were no rooms in the inn. But her father and mother told the family, come on, we'll make room. They came and she said, sure enough, there was room for everybody. All of them. Jesus says, there's a, there's a room for everybody that wants to come. See, You see, that's great news. That's great news. The church is not some sorority or fraternity that includes, but rather it's an inclusive fellowship that welcomes with open arms and says, yes, there is a place for you. And calls us to faith in the risen Christ. You are welcome. You are welcome. You see, the church of Jesus Christ is a place for people with strong, mature faith. My experience with people that I would judge to have a strong and mature faith are usually not the people who think they have a strong and mature faith. They're humble people. They're not arrogant. But it's a place, it's a place for, we need people with strong, mature faith to model for us, to help us to take the next step in our own journey. But you know, the church of Jesus Christ is a, pl- is a place for people like the disciples who have an adolescent faith and sometimes are clueless. And, so, and it's also a place for people who struggle with little or no faith because they need to be here with the rest of us. It's a place of grace, grace, marvelous grace. You see, justice, one said, is getting, is getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. And grace is getting what we don't deserve. This is not a place for those who are sure they've got it all figured out. They sure won't feel at home here. We heard last night three wonderful testimonies of people on a journey not people who have it all figured out. The early disciples didn't and the latter-day disciples don't either. We're still on a journey on our way to our final home. Oh, I'm so sorry your house burned down and you lost your home. Oh, no, she said, we didn't lose our home. We just lost our house. What is home? It's not so much a geographical place as it is relationship. In one sense, Ulysses, Kansas was home for me, but in a much deeper sense, my immediate family, my friends, those that I love are home for me. It's about relationships. Place prepared for the community of faith mentioned in verses 1 through 4 is not a geographical place, 
but it's a relationship, our relationship with the risen Lord, with the people of God. You know, and Jesus seems to have a hard time, doesn't he, getting his disciples on board with all of this. When Philip asked in verse 8 for Jesus to show the way, I can almost see Jesus throwing his hands up like with an adolescent that you've told 3,000 times and they still don't get it. Philip, have I been with you all this time and you still don't know me? For those of you who are spiritually challenged, I offer both my words and my deeds. Look at the text. That's what Jesus says. As a good teacher, Jesus presents the material in more than one way. Recognizing that some learn by listening, some by watching, some by doing. I am both the journey and the destination. You need look no further. The, the looking stops right here, Jesus says. I think Maya Angelou said it well about what we call home in one of her poems. Lying last night thinking how to find my soul a home where the water is not thirsty and the bread is not stone. I came up with one thing, and I don't believe I am wrong, that nobody, I mean nobody, can make it alone. She's absolutely right. Home, we can never get home without relationships because relationships are what create home. Beginning with the risen Christ. And then spreading to the world around us as we embody the presence and love and grace of Christ to those around us. And then that creates home. Nobody, I mean nobody, can make it alone. This home, the community of faith, is a place where we do not face the world or the future alone. And thanks be to God, we have God's Holy Spirit to walk with us, to guide us, to sustain us. If you were here last Sunday, we said a prayer together. Did you hear it? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When the kingdom comes in your life and in my life and in our lives together, when we get glimpses of it, when we see parts of it, that's home. That's home. He's not going to leave us nor forsake us. He'll see us home. Thanks be to God.